Well, welcome online audience. Uh, hope you are blessed today. This week, we have the most intimidating woman ever. Uh, it's the Proverbs 31 woman. And throughout centuries, women have looked at this seemingly unattainable woman with discouragement. However, as with all things in the Bible, we have the Holy Spirit as a helper, don't we? So the Holy Spirit encourages us and directs us and guides us so that we can become not only that Proverbs 31 woman, but also a woman after God's own heart. We can become Christ-like. So before we get into God's word, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for this wonderful example of who this Proverbs 31 woman is. We don't know if she was truly a, an actual person. Uh, she would be amazing if she was. But Lord, I know you put things in your word for our good. And so as we study this amazing chapter, would you bless this time? Would you anoint it? We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Proverbs 31, 1 through 31. So we have a lot to cover this morning. And let's just dive right in. Verse 1, the sayings of King... Uh, I, I, I was practicing this name. Uh, okay, Lemuel. Lemuel. We'll call him Lemuel. King Lemuel contained this message which his mother taught him. Okay, so who is this Lemuel. Well, his name means belonging to God, and we know he was a king because it's stated right here, but king of what country? No one really knows for sure. There's three opinions as to who he was. Uh, the first one is the most popular, and it is that he was actually King Solomon. Uh, perhaps the name belonging to God was an endearment that his mother called him, in which case, you know who his mother was? none other than Bathsheba. And so if it is her, then she would be speaking through experience because we know that she made a few mistakes, didn't she? And so she knows what she's talking about. And isn't that the best way to learn how not to do something is to go through the painful experiences ourselves? And so could be King Solomon. Uh, the second choice was King Hezekiah. Now, he was a king of Judah and was David's 13th successor. So we're talking about a few years later. Well, actually, 300 years later. But that would kind of give us the hint that maybe the Proverbs were a compilation of wise sayings that the Lord put together. And then number three was that Lemuel was a fictional person made up by Solomon describing the perfect mother and wife. So my best guess is that it was Solomon. So we will just go with that for now. And that it was Bathsheba giving King Solomon these, these words of wisdom. Verse 2 says, O my son, O son of my womb, O son of my vows, do not waste your strength on woman, women. On, who's, on those who ruin kings. So right away, we can tell that mom wanted to make sure that this Lumel guy, I'm changing it. Every time I say his name, it changes. So hopefully I'll eventually have the right one. 
So uh, Lumel guy was hanging out with the right gals. Isn't that what all of us mothers want for our sons? Uh, I have an unmarried son, and I'm always praying for him that he would find a godly wife, one that loves God first and foremost, and treats him nice. That would be good too. But anyway, see, the wrong wife can cause so many problems, or the wrong woman can cause so many problems. Verse 4 says, It's not for kings, O Lemuel, to guzzle wine. Rulers should not crave alcohol. Well, this is kind of weird. So first he's being warned about the wrong gals. Now he's being told, okay, don't drink because it goes on. For if they drink, they may forget the law and not give justice to the oppressed. So you see what happens when you drink alcohol, your mind is hindered somewhat, uh, depends, depending on how much you've had to drink, but you will not be able to rule justly if you are drunk, and their ability to reason would be impaired, and that would make them a poor ruler. And so mom is warning, don't you be drinking, boy. It says, alcohol is for the dying and wine for those in bitter distress. Let them drink to forget their poverty and remember their troubles no more. Now, remember back then, they didn't have antidepressants or anything like that. And so you're going, okay, what does this mean? You know, every time I'm having a bad day, I get to have a glass of wine. No, no, it's not saying that. As Pastor Jeff always says, let scripture commentate on scripture. And in Proverbs 21, excuse me, 21, it says, wine is a mocker, strong drink a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. And so there are tons of warnings throughout scripture about drinking alcohol in excess. And so that is what is being said here that, you know, never, ever abuse it. And then verse 8 and 9, it says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and the helpless and see that they get justice. Isn't that what a good ruler should always do is make sure that justice reigns in your kingdom? He must always be just. And if he's hindered by women or alcohol, you can see how that would come into effect. And you know what? He can't hide in his palace and forget about what is going on around him. He must be wise. He must be just. So why did I just put verses 1 through 9 in our study? Well, it kind of serves as a background to whom this is being addressed. And it's mainly to men, but we can also, by looking at it, glean so much from it as women because this is who we would we should aspire to be. So this was a mom imparting wisdom to her son. He said, watch out for bad girls. Don't drink and be a just ruler. And now the mom jumps into the meat of the chapter, which is verse, begins in verse 10. He says, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. So mom is going to give her son qualities to look for and a wife, and it is listed here and beyond. But the first thing to look for is virtuous and capable. And virtuous simply means excellent or having or showing high moral standards. And capable is the ability or quality necessary to achieve a specific thing. And so we're to 
aspire to be these qualities. In this case, it's being that godly wife. She is more precious than rubies. In other words, it doesn't matter if she's poor. It doesn't matter if she perhaps isn't beautiful according to the world's standards. The most important thing is the inner qualities. And all throughout the centuries, haven't a lot of men looked for the most beautiful or the most rich? And we've seen it in our society today. Beautiful women oftentimes are so obsessed with themselves, they make horrible wives. So verse 11 goes on to say, her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. See, trust is so important in a marriage. If you don't have trust, then the foundation begins to crumble. But not only trustworthy, but she also has to be a faithful wife. And that can be in all aspects, whether it's their physical relationship or just being trustworthy to, to run the home, provide for the children, that kind of thing, and taking care of the things God has blessed her with. She has to be trustworthy. Verse 12, she brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. I think good is self-explanatory, but what harm can a wife do? Plenty. If you know yourself, you know that you can do plenty of harm in a relationship. Uh, I've heard women gossip and talk bad about their husbands. I've heard them be disrespectful of their husbands, especially around others. I know of this one gal who constantly berated her husband in front of other people, and she just tore him down. That was so sad to see, because that just ruined his confidence in all aspects of his life. But there are also examples of a wife doing harm to her husband and others in Proverbs. Proverbs 14.1 tells us, A wise woman builds her home, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. How can you do that? How can you tear down your home? Well, you can do plenty of harm. And if we're honest with ourselves, we do find ourselves at times not being the wife that we should be. And that's what the Holy Spirit is for, is to convict. But a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. You can tear down your home by treating your, your children with disrespect, your husband with disrespect. There's so many things we can do that actually destroys our own home. Proverbs 19.13, a foolish child is a calamity to a father. A quarrelsome wife is annoying as a constant dripping. Oh, I don't want to be a dripping faucet. I mean, I have had that where it goes drip, 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 and it's like I have to, I have to fix this. And I used to have a, a dripping faucet in my bathroom, and I would hear it go drip, drip, and it's like, oh, this is driving me crazy. Finally, Jeff, God bless him, he replaced my faucet. And now, actually, I had two faucets in my master bath, and so I have a new faucet on this side and an old faucet on this side. So anyway, we hope to do the whole thing over one of these days and have all new faucets and no more dri uh, drippy uh, plumbing, but it is annoying. And that's the way some women can be towards their husbands. They can be like a dripping faucet. They constantly nag and they treat him with disrespect. And then Proverbs 21.19 goes on to say, it is better to live alone in the desert. Wow, alone in the desert than with a quarrelsome complaining wife. 
Okay, I don't know about you, but I don't want my husband living in a desert because I'm constantly nagging him or arguing with him, disrespecting him. That would be awful. But that's what's being said here. Then it goes on, if that's not enough, if you're not feeling a little convicted already, uh, verse 19, excuse me, 13, she finds wool and flax, flax and busily spends it. Okay, now obviously, not too many of us gather wool and spin yarn from it. So we have to put this in context. This is being spoken of centuries, millennia ago. And so life was a little bit different. But it's just talking about being busy. Don't be lazy. See, back then it was a necessity. That's how you got your clothing, is by spinning wool. But the key word here is that she was busy. She wasn't sitting around being lazy. She was working hard. Verse 14, she is is like a merchant's ship bringing her food from afar. Okay, our equivalent was, you know what? I'm going to Costco today, even though it's busy and I never find a parking space. I'm going to go to Costco and I'm going to get food for my family. It's kind of the same thing. You don't question it. You just do what you need to do in order to provide for your family. Verse 15, 15, she gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. Okay, think about this for a moment. Is it really saying just getting up and preparing? No, she's ta- the, the author is talking about providing for your family so that they know that they are cherished and cared for. My husband loves it when I make breakfast for him. He loves it, and I love it when he makes breakfast for me. It's always because it's just a a sign of endearment, isn't it? It's like, I care about you. I'm going to get up early, and I'm going to make breakfast. My favorite is biscuits and gravy. I don't know what yours is, but, you know, being from the South and all, biscuits and gravy with bacon. Oh, yeah, lots of calories. But, you see, that just shows, and it happens to be Jeff's favorite, so, you know, I'm showing him I care about you, and that's what's being spoken of here. Verse 16, she goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. Okay, this is my favorite because she is a shopper. Okay, okay, but there, there's, there's guidelines here, okay? okay? Small survey, how many of you like to find the best price? Okay, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. How many of you will look around for hours to make sure you're getting the best deal? Mm-hmm. How many of you get frustrated when you buy something and it goes on sale the very next week, right? Okay, guess what? You're one of these these attributes. The Proverbs 31, she goes to inspect a field and buys it. That means her husband trusts her so much with buying and selling things that she is given this, this duty, so to speak. And... She shows wisdom in her purchases. She doesn't buy things that are not needed because, you know, uh, I've heard, well, you know, shopping's kind of my therapy. Well, (laughs) that can, can cheer you up from time to time, but that's no excuse to go out and buy things that you don't need because remember, you are a steward of the finances God has given you and your husband is trusting you with the finances. So never go out and buy things that aren't needed, extravagances and things of that nature. So 
The purchase has a purpose. That is what is being said here. She bought the field, and now she is sowing seeds in that field. Verse 17, she is energetic and strong, a hard worker. Again, she isn't sitting around watching puppy and kitten videos on YouTube, although that can be entertaining from time to time. But you know what? We can get caught up in that. I found myself doing that. Um, I was flying back from Denver on Saturday. We were visiting some friends in the area, and our flight was supposed to leave at 3 o'clock. And that means we're going to be home at, you know, 5, 5.30. And you know, I was pretty excited about getting back. And, and 3 o'clock turned into 3.30. And I'm going, what's going on? And then I get this notice on my phone, tornado warning. And I'm going, what? A tornado warning? And then it dawned on me, oh, that's why they have tornado shelters in the Denver airport. And so that, that 3 o'clock turned into 3.30, which turned into 5 o'clock, which turned into 5.30, which turned into 6 o'clock, which turned into 6.30, which turned into 6.45. And they said, okay, we're going to take off. Finally, at 7 o'clock, we took off. So I'm sitting around for six hours. And I started looking at, you know, I was, I was scrolling on Instagram, and I just started watching the videos. They can be fascinating, right? And next thing I know, you know, one, two, three hours had gone by. So easy to do, isn't it? We have to prevent ourselves from doing that. Of course, if you're sitting, waiting for a tornado to take out the airport, that's one thing. But... <laughs> but, you know, sometimes we can get, you know, we just need to chill, you know, we'll make up our little excuses. I need to decompress. You know, the best way to decompress is to get busy. But sometimes we'll just sit and waste hours upon hours. So that is what is being spoken of here. Verse 18, she makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. And she is making sure that she has, has made wise decisions that affect her household. 19 says, her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. Okay, again, are we talking about literally spinning thread? No, what is being said here is that she works hard to provide for her family. Today's equivalent would be working, you know, outside the home or, you know, being a, a full-time mom, you know, all sorts of things. But you work hard in that. Whatever God has got you, whatever place the Lord has you, you work hard at being that. Verse 20, she extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. And I'm thinking, and on top of that, she works at a homeless shelter? Oh, my goodness. I'm not intimidated. Or... Perhaps she's just talking about making sure that you provide for the needy. We can do that in so many ways. We can get involved, whether it's financially. Um, I know we have like a crochet and knitting club here that makes hats and scarves for the homeless, that kind of thing. See, we're, we're busy about caring for people. Verse 21, she has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. What does that tell you? I mean, most of us don't have to worry about being warm for the winter, but back then you did. And clothes wear out. And so she was making sure that all the people in her household were ready for the, the winter. She was looking towards the future. And she makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. So... She not only sows, but she sows seed also. So she's like well-rounded, right? 
Um, I just recently made a bedspread for my, my bedroom, and I loved it. And as you know, I have a new puppy. Um, she chewed a hole in it, and it's like, really? Oh, my. Okay. So <laughs> king size, and now I've got a hole. And it's like, what do you do with that? Well, it's going to have a nice little patch to remember her by for, you know, years and years and years. But I, I love to do that kind of stuff. But again, it's just talking about providing for your family, working hard. And she looks good while doing it. She dresses in linen and purple gowns. Anyone else intimidated? I know I am. Verse 23, her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. In other words, her husband is respected among his peers. And that is important. When you take care of your husband, when you make sure that he is respected and loved, it affects him in ways that are far-reaching because he has that confidence. And, you know, he, it helps him in his walk with the Lord. You know, if you're nagging your husband and you're not being loving, that just affects them so much. But this Proverbs 31 woman, her husband is respected amongst his peers. Verse 24, she makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. So she's an entrepreneur, isn't she? She's working hard. She's doing whatever she needs to do. She's making clothing. I mean, we can do that in so many different ways. You don't have to make clothes, but we can make all sorts of things. We can work hard to provide for our family. And this has been the common thread throughout it, this whole chapter, hasn't it? 25, she is clothed in, with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. In other words, she has strength of heart. This is internal things now. She is strong inside. And she is worthy of respect. She has no fear of the future because she works hard. Then verse 26, when she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instructions with kindness. She watches what she says and if she does have to instruct, it is done in love. That is so important. That is a wonderful concept. How many times do we just let our words fly without thought of how they might affect someone? Don't you regret it? You can never bring them back. You can apologize, but those words are out there. And if you have uh, struck someone with your words, you can't take them back. God can heal, absolutely. But we need to be careful how we speak to others. I've heard of women yelling at their husbands at the top of their lungs, never knowing what they've actually said. They were just yelling. And the husband is just devastated. Colossians 4, 6 tells us, let your conversation be gracious and attractive. I like that, attractive. So that you will have the right response for everyone. That is a wonderful verse, one that we should all have memorized. We can and should speak the truth, but it always, always has to be in love. If we don't, then more than likely, it will not be received by the person we are speaking these words to. Let our conversation be gracious, full of grace, in other words, and attractive. In other words, people will hear your words and they will know, wow, there's something different about her. There's something different. Verse 
Verse 27, she carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Okay, I think we got it. Okay, we're not to be lazy, we're to work hard. But I love that she says, watches everything in her household. In other words, she knows what everybody's going through. If you've got teenagers, you know when they're having a bad day. Uh, my boys were like polar opposites when it came to this. I loved it. They'd come home from school, usually it's high school, and I would ask Austin, so how was your day? Good. But, you know, and just like nothing, just good. But if it was a bad day, he was so emotional. You know, sometimes he would even cry. You know, that was just Austin, so sensitive, just like his dad. Now, Brandon, on the other hand, I would say, so how was your day? And I would get a full description of everything that happened from start to finish. But if he had a bad day, he would go outside, we had like a punching bag, he would go out there and he would punch the bag because there was a bully at school that used to harass him a lot. And so he would go out there and he would just smack that punching bag over and over and over again until finally he could relax. But you see, I always was attentive to those things. I always knew what was going on in their lives. You don't have to be nosy, just be attentive and interject when the Lord calls upon you to do so very important that you know what your family members are going through. And that, of course, that goes for your husband. Uh, uh, Jeff wears his heart on his sleeve. That's just who he is. And I always know when something is bothering him. Okay, what's going on? You know, and I, I'm genuinely concerned and, and care about what he's going through. So watch everything in your household. Verse 28 and 29, her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. A great honor indeed, isn't it? When your kids, even your teenagers can say, wow, I am blessed because she is my mom. And how do we do that? By just relying on the Holy Spirit. This isn't something we can do on our own, ladies. And then verse 30, Another great one, charm is deceptive. Okay, this is definitely a mom talking to her son. Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. This is so true, isn't it? We all get old, and only what we have done for the Lord will last. That's the only thing we can take to heaven with us. And all those those people that we affected for the gospel, that is what we get to take to heaven. But our faces, they just get old and decrepit. Nobody can stop it. Sorry, gals. No matter how hard you work, it will eventually fade. And if we put the same amount of time, I think Nini was talking about this a few weeks ago, we put the same amount of time into making ourselves look good as we do studying God's word, Wow, you can become this woman that we're studying about. Then 31, reward for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. So should we do this so that people go, wow, she's a great woman. I mean, yeah, you want to be a good witness. You want to be a good ambassador for the Lord. But you know what? We should be doing this for an audience of one. 
We should be doing it for the Lord because he's the one that will always give us that contentment. If we do it for the praise of other people, that will come off empty and flat because it, it doesn't really mean anything. But if God is the one we're doing it for, we will find that contentment. So you may be looking at this woman and thinking, there is no way I can be all these things. I mean, some of us probably look at it and say, yeah, I do that. I can do that. But do them all at the same time, that's a little overwhelming, isn't it? And you know what? In and of ourselves, we can't. But we can certainly make a good dent in it if we have the Holy Spirit guiding and directing us. Titus 3, 5, and 6 tells us, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It's the Holy Spirit doing the work in us. We can't do all these things in and of ourselves. You need to remember this, ladies. So important. It is the Holy Spirit that does that regeneration that means we are fresh and new. The minute we blow it and we ask forgiveness, guess what? You've been regenerated. And you can now move forward again. It says, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. So the Holy Spirit does the work in our lives. We can't do this on our own. We can't be that Proverbs 31 woman on our own works, can we? I mean, this would be near impossible for us to do all these things. It's just too much. And we will only feel defeated. I mean, the attributes that she has are amazing. She works hard. She brings honor to her husband. She cares for the homeless. She's attentive to her family, and she looks nice but isn't obsessed with her outward appearance, and it goes on and on and on. Oh, my goodness, that's a lot. But you know what? The Holy Spirit does that work in us. I mean, we would have so many balls in the air, no doubt we would drop something, right? But the Holy Spirit will be there to help us be that best representation of Jesus if you let him. And the word gives us a way to make this happen. First Peter 5, 6 through 9, it says, So humble yourselves. That's the first clue, isn't it? Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. So we have to humble ourselves. In other words, surrender. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God. Isn't that what the Proverbs 31 woman did? She gave her worries to God, for he cares for you. Stay alert. I like that. Watch out for your, your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember, your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. So what can we glean from this? Humble ourselves, surrender, give our worries to God, stay alert, watch out for the enemy, and always remember that we are all going through the same things. We are not alone in this, ladies. Just looking at Proverbs 31, how many of you are feeling a little bit overwhelmed? I admit I am. See, look around. We all feel overwhelmed, don't we? The way I get through Discouragement is remember that all I have to do is humble myself before a loving God, my Lord, and he will do the rest. 
He does that work in us. His Holy Spirit will change my heart. It's a constant progress. We should look back and see that we are not the same person we were five years ago. If you've been walking with the Lord for five years, you should look, look back and go, well, that used to bother me. I used to be like this. I used to say things like that. But now you see that work. It's a great encouragement for you. So wrapping up, we have studied so many women this year. Some have done it right. Some have done it wrong. Some have done it right and wrong. But the truth of it is, we can't do any of this on our own. All these ladies had one thing in common. If they were doing it wrong, then they learned their lesson. But we can try to do it on our own, but we will only be met with discouragement, disappointment, and defeat. That is why we should never desire praise from this world. It shouldn't be that we seek praise from people. We have to seek our praise from God. 1 John 2, 15 through 17 tells us, do not love this world or the things it offers you. And praise of man can be one of those things. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. In other words, you're so concerned with what other people think that you forget what God thinks. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything you see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father. These are not from God but are from this world, and this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So that is the key to all this. Do what pleases God, and we will never be disappointed in this life. We must have that eternal perspective. Everything we should do should be focused on eternity which simply means that everything we do here is for heaven. The things we do, the things we say, the people we interact with. If we do this, then our lives here on earth, whether or not you can do this amazing thing that is the Proverbs 31 woman, we will have accomplished what God has created each one of us for. So never be discouraged when you read the Bible. It's, everything is there for a purpose. It is there for our benefit, not to condemn us, but to convict and to correct perhaps something that is missing in your life. Hebrews 4, 12 and 13, we all know this one, but it bears worth repeating. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. We do this because we love God. We try to become the Proverbs 31 woman because we want to please God. Because God's word is alive. It is always relevant. Even though this Proverbs 31 chapter was written decades ago, it is still relevant to today. It shows us our, our heart, if it needs uh, repair, if it's wicked, which it normally is. 
it shows us that. You see, nothing is hidden from God, is it? He knows everything already, so just get on with confessing it. We are accountable to him and him alone, no one else. So, desire to be pleasing to him and everything else, including being this Proverbs 31 woman, will fall into place. Psalm 37.4 tells us, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. He will. That is a promise. And our desires of our heart will be the things that God wants because we are focused on him. And if you're delighting in him, then you will not be stressed out. You will not feel like you can't be this Proverbs 31 woman. And you will be discouraged. But instead, do it for an audience of one. Amen? All right, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this example that we have been given of this, this woman. I, there's so much to take in, Lord. I would ask that none of the ladies here would be discouraged, but that they would be challenged to seek after you more and more each day and that they would just have this hunger and a thirst for your word, which will change their lives. And as we meditate further upon this, Lord, would you just anoint uh, the, the discussion later and that the, each one of us will be able to bring something away from this morning's study that will bless, that will encourage. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.